Amen. Tremendous song. Thank you for that. Amen. Back to Ephesians chapter number 6 tonight. And uh, <clears throat> we're going to continue uh, with uh, the offensive weapons that we're supposed to put on uh, and uh, to armor up uh, when it comes to the spiritual battle and the warfare uh, that we are uh, in. And you're in it, uh, whether you like it or not. Uh, when you got saved, uh, you were drafted into uh, the Lord's army uh, and were to serve Him. Uh, and there's many of that analogy uh, in Scripture. Uh, Paul, um, writing from Rome, we're, we're going to mention a fellow named Tychicus here uh, in the latter part of chapter number 6. Uh, some believe that he was the one who wrote uh, as Paul dictated uh, this letter to the church at Ephesus, uh, and uh, that could very well be. Uh, but um, Paul was always surrounded uh, by uh, willing uh, men uh, who loved the Lord, served the Lord by serving Paul. Uh, and again, back then, if you were in jail, uh, prison, uh, you had to have people ministering to you. Otherwise, uh, you wouldn't get uh, a lot of the things that you would need. Uh, and Tychicus was another one of those individuals. I uh, encourage you that every time you see Paul or these names mentioned, whether he's greeting people or say, uh, you know, telling the church to say hi to this person or that person, uh, or names are mentioned, uh, to just do a word study. Uh, just Google them, like who was Tychicus, uh, and you'll get a lot of great information uh, from, uh, from those resources, uh, and, uh, and that will always help you. In fact, I'm going to do a quote, not quote, but read from, for you, uh, kind of in a recap of the defensive weapons, uh, a, um, a list of things from a Puritan uh, pastor uh, who I thought uh, had a great, um, great definitions uh, for all of the defensive weapons because we went through them pretty quickly uh, this morning. But we're in a battle. It's a war. It's raging. Uh, and uh, the closer we get to the Lord's return, uh, the more the heat's going to rise, uh, rise, and uh, we are going to uh, see more and more uh, difficulty. Um, our faith, uh, it should cost us something. Uh, we should be, uh, since the Lord warned us and told us it was going to happen, uh, be on the receiving end of everything from ridicule uh, to just down, you know, downright persecution. Uh, and uh, that's just uh, comes with the territory. So when you got saved, uh, you got your, I guess, your ticket to heaven in that regard. Uh, he saves us. We, heaven is our home. Uh, but our Christian life is more than that. Uh, and too often we treat our Christianity like, uh, like a, a hobby uh, and something that we do to fill time uh, on a weekend. Uh, and we don't seem to uh, see the, uh, the urgency uh, in the day that we live. Uh, and the Lord could come back. He could come back today. Uh, and I uh, hope so. I've got to go to the doctor tomorrow for procedure. I hope he comes back in the middle of the night, really. Uh, that'd be great. Uh, but um, uh, if he doesn't, uh, then I'll just champion through tomorrow, uh, and uh, just like you will as well. Let's all stand for the reading of our text tonight, and I'm hoping not to be too terribly long uh, this evening, but we're going to pick up in verse number 17, and again, I'll, I'll recap. If you have a pen, uh, it might be good for you to write a couple of these things down here in a minute, but let's read verse number 17 and down. It says, And take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that where, therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak, but that ye may also, uh, that ye also may know my affairs and how I do. Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, shall make known to you all things, 
whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that ye might know our affairs, and that he might comfort your hearts. Peace be to the brethren in love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with you, uh, with all them that love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Uh, amen. Our Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless our time together tonight. Lord, help us from your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. As I mentioned, it's a war that's both uh, defensive and offensive. Uh, we laid out the case this morning that there are a lot of enemies of the faith, uh, both in religious circles. Uh, secular circles, uh, and there's a lot of, um, uh, you know, people who don't believe in God uh, and don't believe in uh, faith and religion, the Word of God, scoffers, scorners, um, blasphemers, uh, men, sky's the limit. Uh, but our problems, more than likely, are not coming from without uh, the battles within, uh, and it's in our mind, in our heart, uh, it's, it's us. We're our own worst enemy. Uh, I think uh, the church, and when I say the church, um, local churches, people, people are the church. Uh, and we're going to give an account uh, for, in some respect, for the condition uh, of the world in the part that we um, were not salt when we need to be salt, and we're not light when we need to be light. Uh, we, we complain a lot about the condition of the world, uh, but we, uh, over the course of time, have not done uh, much to combat uh, those, uh, those ideologies and stuff. Um, I like now, today, uh, there are people who are um, voicing uh, their opinions uh, and uh, in standing up uh, for truth and, uh, and what, they, uh, what they believe in. Uh, and uh, when you do that, you're going to be ridiculed. Um, a couple days ago, I was in a restaurant, and I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to read uh, from this book uh, in preparing for stuff in Africa. I got some different counseling books I was reading, and I'm going to read something from here uh, that's very, very telling. Uh, and, uh, uh, but I was uh, in a restaurant waiting. Uh, it was a fast food-type uh, restaurant. Uh, and uh, waiting in line, and uh, the person who was helping everybody, there's one person there, so there's a huge line and one person working, uh, which seems to be a very common problem uh, today. And so I'm just trying to breathe, you know, take deep breaths and uh, wait my turn, be patient with all of that. Uh, but it was uh, the person who was working uh, was a female to male uh, transgendered individual. And uh, so the whole time I'm there, uh, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm thinking to myself, um, as I go up and communicate um, how this is going to go. Um, but what I didn't do, and I'm, obviously I'm against all that, uh, but um, I didn't purposefully uh, go up and cause a problem. All right? Uh, this is a place that I frequent. I want to have a good testimony. And there wasn't an opportunity for me uh, to misgender uh, or all this different stuff. I get so tired of all that stuff. Uh, it drives, drives me crazy. Um, I'm, I've been a, a Christian for 30-some years, and, uh, and I've, I'm, I've never told people, uh, you need to affirm what I believe. Uh, you know, uh, whenever, whenever someone rips up a track or doesn't want, you know, whatever, um, w- people are not tolerant uh, towards our faith and our beliefs. Uh, but we're supposed to be tolerant towards all theirs. And, and so given the opportunity in, in moments, and I have, you know, I've had somebody like, you know, I've said, you know, um, ma- you know ma'am and, you know, or whatever uh, when it's supposed to be sir and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but um, we've got to do our best to try to be salt and light, have grace speech, uh, not really, you know, our end in mind goal is to reach people with the gospel. So to stand up uh, and to voice our opinions, those are good. But our, the condition of the world it frustrates us, and we think that's our problem. 
But the problem, the spiritual warfare, isn't what they're doing uh, or what they're perhaps doing um, to us or uh, our rights or uh, any of the things that I mentioned this morning. It's a battle in the mind. And really, um, even when it comes to that particular social issue, uh, sin issue, uh, it is um, my response to it that bothers me the most. It's not even so much what's going on. It's just how incensed I get and how it throws me off. I'm having a good day, uh, and then all of a sudden I'm not. Uh, and it has to do with my response to what the world has in front of me. And uh, in, in, in those moments, it's almost like I lose a sense of perspective, uh, and I let things affect me uh, and blow out my day uh, in other ways when it shouldn't. Uh, and that's just our own, that's my own personal confession to you uh, about um, how I feel. Um, but the thing is, is, you know, those people don't make me mad. Um, it, that's my response to what, uh, what they're doing. Uh, nobody, is, nobody makes you angry. Um, you get angry. That's because of, uh, of uh, it's your own self. It's in your mind. So I was reading uh, and I read this. Uh, and uh, bear with me for a second. Uh, of course, I'm being mindful of the time. Uh, but it says this, We live in a day when distinctions are blurred. Uh, opposites are blended into a hybrid that is neither one nor the other. And ecumenical compromise is hailed as proof of love and open-mindedness. Distinctions between male and female are disappearing into unisex. Pretty, uh, pretty men and rugged women. Concepts of right and wrong, formerly thought to be opposites, have now been blended into a relative morality where right may sometimes be wrong and wrong may sometimes be right. Assertions of religious truth have been broadened to accommodate antagonistic points of view within a single elastic framework. Underlying this phenomena is the widely assumed belief that there are no absolutes. No fixed reality, external to a person which, because it is true, simply refuses to bend under all the pressure. Abandoning belief in absolutes has inevitably resulted in mass confusion. Everyone has an idea as to how things should be, and there is no external absolute standard against which the validity of any idea can be measured. Nowhere is the proliferation of differing, unattestable notions more, appalling, uh, uh, more appallingly evident uh, than in um, psycho- psychologists' offices. Now, um, that sounds like if something was written yesterday, uh, but that was written in 1975. And, uh, and then in the next quote in here, he's uh, quoting uh, a book from 1959, uh, on some of these issues, uh, and when you read, whether it's like, you know, Yembounds or Tozier or uh, any of uh, these uh, men of God from even different groups and backgrounds or whatever, I'm going to give you some Puritan uh, thoughts about the armor of God, which I think are great. Um, they, they were all condemning the condition of the world decades and decades and decades ago, um, and warning people about what was going to happen? Uh, he had mentioned unisex uh, stuff, and I, and I referenced this recently uh, about my pastor, Pastor Scarberry. Um, I, I'd got a new cologne that came out, whatever, in the the uh, early uh, late eighties, early nineties, a Calvin Klein one, CK one, uh, unisex fragrance. You know, man can wear it, women can wear it. It was kind of a popular thing as a teenager, so I smelt it in a thing and I got it. My my, my pastor hammered that. 
uh, like what kind of what kind of place are we living in? And I mean, on and on, and, and just a slippery slope. And uh, you know, uh, we're spraying the same cologne on uh, on each other. It doesn't matter if it's men or women. And uh, and uh, this is where it's going to head, and on and on. And you know, and and when I heard that as a teenager, I thought, man, that's kind of crazy. Um, a little bit over over the top. Uh, it's just cologne. Uh, but you know what? He was right. Um, all the preachers that I heard preaching when I was a teenager about, you know, uh, where things are going to go if we allow this and that, all of it has come true and even worse. And, uh, and um, but as much as I could, I could preach about that stuff all day long, uh, and, uh, but, this, but we don't battle uh, against flesh and blood. It's principalities and powers and we're, we're in that battle, uh, and it's all in our mind. And, uh, and if we, one of the things that we can influence, even when we can't influence uh, the things that are happening around us, we can influence how we respond to it. Uh, we, can, we can influence how we react uh, to those things uh, as well. And I'm against it. Uh, you know, I, I tell people I hate everything. Uh, I'm against everything. Uh, and, uh, and I really am. But I love people. And I want to see people get saved. Uh, and there are times where you, you give a, a soft answer that turns away wrath. You answer a fool. You don't answer a fool. Uh, there's a way to engage sinfulness, sinful behavior uh, in people uh, without necessarily uh, offending them. Uh, and, uh, and we need to be wise in those areas. But to put on every day, putting on the armor of God, uh, because we know when we leave our... It, it happens even before you leave your house. I mean, you fight a spiritual battle getting out of bed in the morning. Uh, and you think it's just, you, you know, uh, you're tired. It's flesh. It's spirit. Uh, it, is, it is on from the time you get up to the time you go to bed at night. Uh, and, you, and you better be geared up with this armor. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, the, um, I'm just looking out to Chloe. She's crossing her eyes, and, uh, and I'm getting a kick out of it. Uh, and uh, I just busted her. She's just sitting there like this. Uh, and, um, and some of others are doing it too uh, and uh, not aware of it. So let me give you, um, this is from John Lathrop, just in review. Uh, the defensive weapons that we put on. Uh, great stuff. I'm just going to read some of this. Uh, the Bible says our first one's truth. Uh, we're supposed to be girt about uh, with, uh, with, with truth, uh, and that's truth, as the Bible says, in the inward parts. It's sincerity. Our, our Christian profession needs to be one that is sincere. Our firm belief of and full consent of the, to the gospel of Christ, uh, it is a rational conviction of truth. This is what he is how he wrote this. Uh, joined with a sense of importance, our best security uh, against um, apostasy uh, is. I mean, I know what I believe. I know whom I believed, and he is able. I'm persuaded he is able to keep that which he's committed unto me against that day. Um, I know where I'm going. Uh, I know that it's true. I know heaven's real, hell's real. Uh, the word of God is true. Uh, and, uh, and when uh, even people that I know and care for and love, whether they're preachers, uh, laymen in churches, have become apostate and have fallen away, um, the, I'm thankful for the word of God. I'm thankful for truth. I believe, and I just, I just really believe it. And, and that is one of the things that keeps you. If you really believe um, the truth of God's word, and you're a believer and you're sincere about it, um, that's one of your greatest defenses against spiritual warfare. Uh, because when Satan, remember, it's in your head, he'll get you to doubt. Are you saved? 
Uh, is that, are you a Christian? Um, uh, is there any hope? Uh, is there, and it's just a constant barrage uh, in your mind about uh, whether it's, is it really worth it? Uh, is it, is there something you could, else you could be doing with your life? Uh, I, every, every day of my life, and I've tried not to live a life of regret, uh, but every day, the battle in my mind about doubt uh, and uh, not about my salvation, but about effectiveness, um, you know, uh, there's just a lot of, a lot of different things that, uh, that come into my mind. On uh, Mondays, I, all, every preacher resigns on Mondays, uh, and, uh, but it's, it's more than that. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a constant thing. So having your loins girt about with truth, that, uh, that belt, that girdle is not decorative. I mean, if you have a, if you have a belt on, um, uh, it should be functional. <laughs> uh, you know, it's to keep your britches up. Uh, and, uh, but it's also, in today's day and time, it's, it's an accessory. Uh, it's something that people wear. Like, and I, I mean, mine's got to match my shoes. Uh, and, uh, and I've been play, I was just in Wisconsin not too long ago and forgot my brown belt and I had uh, my black belt and I had black shoes. And I went hunting all over the place uh, because I just couldn't wear a brown belt. With, I mean, I get it. Um, but, but this girdle of truth is not an accessory. It is, it is a necessity uh, and uh, to gird yourself about with it. Righteousness, this gentleman said this, and of course the Bible says, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, uh, this Puritan minister, John Lathrop, said, a holy and inoffensive life will prevent many injuries. It will command the reverence of bad and the compassion of good men. It will obtain the protection of God's providence and, uh, and the supports of His grace. It will preserve peace and serenity of conscience under the reproaches of a malignant world. I love that. Uh, and, um, is, and, you know, there are people all around us, Christians, preachers, that, that say we're not supposed to do any righteousness. But to live for God, uh, and um, uh, God places such a, a premium on that in the Bible, uh, and there's, uh, the, the breastplate of righteousness uh, is what we're supposed to put on. And when we do that, really the Bible says when we live righteously in this world uh, and, uh, and living for God, even our enemies will be at peace with us. How can you, how can you fight against or complain against uh, somebody that's righteous and doing righteous things? They're uh, trying to serve God in sincerity. And by the way, there are people that, uh, that I know uh, who are absolutely 100% in, uh, they're unbelievers and they're against God and, uh, and really what the Word of God says, um, but they're okay with me. Uh, and, uh, and one of the things that causes that, and, and please don't miss it, it's it, when we are consistent, when we live for God uh, and we're the same in church, out of church or whatever, um, you, you can't, um, what can you say against that? So even if, you, if they don't believe what you say you believe, if you're living your belief, if you're behaving, your, your, your walk lines up with your talk, um, it's just really hard to say anything against that. Uh, and, uh, and so when we suffer in those times, uh, it's suffering for well-doing, which God says is good. It's not because we've done something uh, wrong. It's truth and righteous peace. Uh, he says this about uh, our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. When you think of the armor of a Roman soldier, um, they would have um, sandals, all right? They, uh, everybody wore sandals uh, to that, but they had sandals with um, rivets, uh, spikes on the bottom. If you think of like studs for your tire uh, in the winter, um, they had those on the bottom of their sandals to help with their um, sure um, uh, footedness. Is that a word? Uh, and uh, so they uh, would help them uh, as they fought. Uh, and so uh, having our feet shed with the preparation of the gospel of peace, this man says, this is a peaceful, uh, peaceable disposition uh, 
this peaceable disposition is the preparation for the trials of an evil day and an excellent defense against um, um, our enemies. This will go on before us to smooth the rough passages of life uh, and or attend us to guard our feet against sticks and traps which our enemies cast in our way. Uh, possessed of this disposition, we shall give no offense and provoke no injuries uh, and uh, with overbearing behavior. So when we have our feet shed, it's, it's all about the gospel. Uh, and it's a gospel of peace. Um, even Jesus himself says he came to this world to, to, to of course, to seek and to save that which was lost, but to bring peace. Uh, and, uh, and that's what we present. Uh, it isn't, you know, our politics aren't going to bring us peace. You know, none of the things that we think are, uh, there's, there's no peace to be found in, uh, in substances and, uh, and uh, uh, money. Uh, none of those things. Uh, it's in the gospel for us as Christians. Faith. Faith is, uh, is a grace of universal influence. Uh, when, we, when we have uh, faith, uh, and uh, in our life, the shield of faith, uh, this gentleman said this, he said, it is the groundwork of all religion in the heart. Faith is a mere effectual defense against the temptations of Satan uh, and the world uh, and, uh, and against, of course, uh, the fiery darts uh, of, uh, of Satan. And then take the, the helmet of salvation uh, and, uh, and to wear that, uh, and it supports us, the good uh, fight of faith and hope, and the captain of our salvation, the Lord Jesus Christ, supports us uh, in our conflict, leads us to victory. Uh, that is why we put on uh, the helmet of salvation. And then the sword of the Spirit, uh, which we ended off this morning, which is an offensive weapon as well as a defensive weapon. Uh, and uh, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, uh, and uh, it's effectual, uh, and uh, we know that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. So uh, let's look at some of these offensive weapons that we begin in verse 17, obviously, uh, with the Word of God. God tells us that we're supposed to study um, to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Uh, one of my um, former pastor friends, uh, who's no longer in the ministry and uh, and uh, uh, it's just heartbreaking. Um, and um, one of his big things now is he's, he's got nothing to prove. Um, you know, that's his moniker, nothing to prove. Uh, but it would take like five seconds of, of going into the Bible uh, and just to showing him, you know, even like what I just said, we're studying to show ourselves approved unto God. What's the, what's the root of the word approve? Prove. Bible says we're supposed to prove all things. We're supposed to walk worthily, uh, and on and on and on. There's tons of verses in the Bible uh, that tell us we actually do have something to prove. And uh, and when we go to the Word of God, that's what helps us to do that. Uh, and again, it's we're supposed to uh, prove all things. It's not really my responsibility as a pastor to show you uh, that or anybody else that what you or anybody else is doing is wrong, uh, it's on you to show me uh, or anybody else that's criticizing or questioning you that what you're doing is right. And, uh, and so the whole, like, show me from the Bible uh, is where that comes into. And it's an offensive weapon. I can, I can you know, um, I can go to the Bible to help defend against the fiery darts, but I can also take the Word of God uh, and, uh, and wield it as a sword, because that's what it is, as an offensive weapon. Uh, I always uh, referred to, uh, this is my sword, and my, my soul in the New Testament is my dagger. Uh, you know, I, I just have that concealed, that little dagger. I don't go walking up to a door with a, you know, uh, a family Bible under my arm <laughs> uh, and uh, let everybody know I'm on my way. Uh, I'll have that small New Testament on the inside uh, and, uh, and bring it out. Uh, and, uh, and when you take it and use it, um, there's just no other, there's no other better weapon. 
than the sword uh, of the Spirit, uh, which is the Word of God. But then he goes on and gives us another one, and these are all um, uh, alliterated, uh, but it's supplication. Look at verse 18. Uh, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Um, So prayer and supplication, intercessory prayer, um, um, going to the Lord, um, that's how, you know, nobody, um, people can fight against you or uh, combat you uh, in what you say in your witness or whatever, but they're no match for prayer. Um, When you pray and you're praying to the Lord, um, it, 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 we, need to, we need to be doing that. Uh, some Bible versions, like I mentioned this morning, omit things. A lot of new modern versions omit um, fasting uh, in the New Testament as a spiritual weapon. Uh, and uh, when the Bible says there's some things that don't come but by prayer and fasting, just completely removed uh, from their translation. Uh, and uh, because prayer and fasting is a, um, a spiritual weapon. Uh, like right now, I'm, I'm fasting for the thing tomorrow, the imaging or whatever. Uh, I'm not fasting because I'm spiritual. I mean, I wish I could eat uh, right now. Uh, and, uh, and so, I mean, I had a cough drop a little while ago, a Hall's um, menthol one, and it was awesome. Uh, and uh, I'm going to have another one uh, when the service is done. And uh, so, but fasting, biblical fasting for prayer is, a, is an offensive weapon. It's also, in a way, defensive because it helps um, the power of God and it helps, you know, um, hedging if we're praying for protection or whatever it is. Uh, it's also defensive. Um, but, um, you know, if you want, um, you want to make your point, you want to get across to somebody, you should spend um, less time trying to figure out uh, your strategy and how you're going to present the truth uh, and more time praying. Uh, because how you present the truth to somebody uh, is of no effect if it's not bathed with prayer. And by the way, if God's not in your witness, uh, if he's not working the heart of that individual you're witnessing to, um, you can be as savvy uh, uh, as all savvy can be. Uh, and, and you're not going to make any contact because you, you've not prayed uh, and asked God uh, to open up uh, their hearts. And so there's lots of defensive armor that we put on but once we're geared up with our defensive armor, we're to take this, the sword, the word of God, uh, and prayer and supplication uh, and, and go out there into the highways and hedges and compel them. Uh, and so the Bible says this is the, the next one here in verse number uh, 18 as well. Praying always with all prayer and supplication uh, in the what? Spirit. Spirit-led uh, prayer. Spirit-led decisions. By the way, when we're in the flesh, we're, we're going to mind the things of the flesh. And when we're in the Spirit, we'll mind the things of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God uh, and, uh, and, and walking in uh, His Spirit uh, is a way uh, that we can uh, go on the offense. When we uh, soul winning, I just referenced that, um, we need to be praying uh, that, that God would open up hearts. We need to be praying that God is with us. And it's not just when we're in trouble or whatever, um, but, it's, but all the time uh, that the Spirit of God uh, is working. Um, probably one of the most frustrating things as a pastor uh, is uh, all of the, um, the spiritual things that people do um, that are completely, absolutely rooted in the flesh. Um, when, we, when we make decisions, do things, and God's not anywhere around them, and then we claim that we prayed and that God gave us the green light on it is some of the most disingenuous things that Christians do. Um, and um, I've had people tell me uh, that uh, um, you know, they're criticizing my spiritual life 
uh, and um, telling me all the things that are wrong with me uh, in the most fleshly way possible. Um, if, you, if you ever want to uh, connect uh, with me and to help me and encourage me uh, in my faults, um, you know, try not to be in the flesh when you're doing it. Because, because and you know, it's not just like, well, boy, you're not very spiritual. Neither are you. Um, if somebody comes at you and it's coming from a bad place or a wrong, wrong motive, you're, you're just as defensive as I am. <laughs> uh, and uh, and so, so it doesn't matter. In fact, the Bible says you which are spiritual resources are one. It says, you know, beams and moats, right? We're supposed to, you know, uh, make sure that if we're going to go help somebody with something that we've uh, taken care of that uh, in our own life. One of my favorite illustrations is Gandhi. Uh, when uh, a, a mom had asked Gandhi to help uh, her son um, quit eating sugar. And he was just addicted to sugar. And so he said, come back uh, next week. And so next, back, next week, comes back with her son uh, to Gandhi. And, uh, and Gandhi says, you need to really stop uh, you know, eating sugar. It's bad for you and everything else. And the question was like, why didn't you tell us this last week? Uh, and he said, because last, last week he was eating sugar. And so in order to have an effective you know, you know, way to influence this young person, he stopped, you know, uh, eating sugar himself. And it's uh, a, a, a very silly illustration, uh, but how much, how much do we need to do that? Um, you'd be better off helping somebody with their problem if you don't have the same problem. Uh, I remember my dad, uh, when I was a teenager, and uh, smoking and chewing tobacco and everything else, my dad smoked like three packs, four packs a day. Uh, and uh, and um, he caught me smoking his cigars, and he made me eat a whole box uh, of cigars, teach me a lesson. And, uh, but you know what? Nothing that my dad ever said about smoking ever really affected me in a positive way because he was a chain smoker. Now, had he not been, then it would have had some validity. <laughs> uh, and uh, so often as Christians, um, and by the way, many of the things that we're very critical about in others... Um, we may have some of those same issues and problems in, our, in and of ourselves. And, uh, and um, not to get the psychology of it, but um, what, bo- what bothers you about other people uh, oftentimes is projected. Um, it's what bothers uh, you about yourself, uh, and, uh, and you see that in others, and it irritates you uh, even more so. Uh, all right, all God's people said. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and so uh, having the sword of the Spirit, supplication, the Spirit of God uh, as well. But it also says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. So to me, um, steadfastness, um, um, being faithful, uh, being committed and devoted uh, and, uh, and um, resolved in your own mind, uh, you know, uh, all of that being what it is, to just keep going um, and just keep plotting. Uh, and is, if, it get, if, it's, if it's a bad day tomorrow, you just, you just soldier through it. Isn't that what God says to Timothy? He says, endure hardness as a good soldier. Um, you know, I've never been in the military um, but for those of you who were in the military and when you were wherever you were doing training or maybe in the field fighting or whatever, uh, and, uh, and you complained about whatever. I mean, when, you're, when you have a warfare mentality, you, you eat and sleep to get the strength to fight. Uh, and, uh, and really, when it comes out down to it, we're in a spiritual battle. Uh, we're, in, we're supposed to have that warfare mentality uh, and uh, about us, all of us are supposed to be that way. Um, and when I read this thing about 
Um, I was looking at some quotes about um, the spiritual warfare, and, and I can't remember the whole thing, but it was about missions. Uh, and, and in a nutshell, it was saying, um, it, was, it was convicting to me because I often talk about missions as being an investment uh, because we have that principle in the Word of God. I say this, it's our spiritual portfolio as a church. Uh, we give, and I use all those analogies. Uh, but the way that this guy was going, it's not an investment. It's like we're in, it's a war. We're in war. And, and the way that he was going at it, what I understood was, like when you go back to, let's say, the world wars, um, it was all hands on deck. It was men going off uh, to battle uh, and, uh, and um, what was the, whatever, the riveter? Rosie the Riveter uh, and, uh, and all the women in the factories and, and, and it was just like making, making tanks and, uh, and ships and, and it, was, it was an all-in wartime mentality uh, that um, a lot of people did without uh, because, because we were in a battle. Uh, and when you are in, uh, if you, let's take Ukraine, uh, when you're in the middle of a conflict, um, it's, it's survival. It's like if you, can, if you can get some bread to eat or whatever, I mean, all the, all the money has less you know, value uh, in a lot of respects. And so the idea with missions is like we're in, a, we're in a, a wartime, and it's not about we just invest a little here and invest a little there. It's like all in to reach people with the gospel because, because we're in a battle. And I thought that was a great take on it. I'm still going to preach it about it being an investment, uh, but, uh, but it's more than us just throwing a little money at stuff. We're supposed to be all in. Uh, when it comes to uh, our missions endeavors and trying to reach people. And it's just sticking to it and, uh, and having some steadfastness. Uh, look at verse number 19. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds. He's in prison, that he might speak boldly uh, as, he, as he ought to speak. Um, um, serving in doing, serving the Lord... Um, is, is one of the greatest ways uh, that we can, um, on the offensive, um, going forward for Christ, to combat uh, the, the enemy uh, and uh, our mind. Uh, uh, even, even Oprah gets this. Uh, years ago, if you remember, you know, the whole kind of random acts of kindness stuff back in whatever that was, the 80s. Uh, how do you remember that? Uh, only one of you. Uh, and... Uh, uh, nobody watched Oprah back then. <laughs> and uh, So um, the idea is that when you feel bad about yourself, you go do something for somebody else. All right? And so even, you know, the world understands that to be uh, a truth. Uh, and uh, so as we serve, you know, what's the Bible say? Commit thy works unto the Lord and your what? Your thoughts will be established. Um, and so when you're all double-minded and, you know, and, uh, and all up in your head about everything else, um, just, just call, call me at the church, say, Pastor, is there anything I can come do at the church? And I say, yep, come on, bring it. And, uh, and it'll help you. It'll get stuff done, and it will help you uh, with your mind uh, and the spiritual warfare that you're, what's going on in your life. Um, you know, just, you know, Pull the curtains back. Let some light, sunshine come in your house, uh, and uh, get, put your coat on. Go out and go rake your neighbor's yard. Just do something for somebody else, uh, and that will help you. But our service, Paul's like praying that he could serve God. He's in bonds. He's like, pray for me uh, that I could uh, boldly uh, speak what I need to speak and ought to speak. Uh, so service is another offensive weapon 
And then we mentioned Tychicus, and I'll be done, uh, and that is um, um, support. He was a support, of course, the Apostle Paul uh, to the local church, the church at Ephesus. Um, he's, he's bringing this, uh, this letter to them uh, and delivering it. It's to be read there, uh, and he was a servant. And, uh, and when we bat, we're in, in a war and in a battle, uh, and, we, and to fight that battle, we just need people to come together uh, and to support one another in that. That's our theme for the year. Uh, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Um, striving, it's working, it's together, it's all those things. It's unity and it's supporting uh, and, uh, and coming alongside. Uh, when you think of um, you know, the physical side or actual war and, and you know, soldiers, Marines, uh, all of that, um, they come together. Uh, supporting one another or even other countries. We think of uh, NATO and all this other stuff. Um, there's a support. When you know that someone else is fighting alongside of you, uh, it's easier to take it to the enemy. Uh, when you know somebody's got your back. Um, when, and all of us are fighting these battles every single day. Praying for each other, but not just praying, bearing one another's burdens. Uh, it's how can I help you? How can I come alongside you? Uh, and, um, and I just, you know, um, everybody, not just pastors, every Christian needs people in their life to say, you know what, I got you. I've got your back. Uh, I'm with you in the battle. Uh, and whenever you need me, I'll be there. Uh, and, uh, and we all need that. So you're in a war. You're in a battle. It's a spiritual battle. You're a soldier of Christ. The Bible is very clear about that. You say, well, I didn't, I didn't sign up for that. Too bad. It's too bad you're in. Uh, you've been enlisted, drafted, whatever you want to. Uh, I, I'm a volunteer, by the way. Um, when I said, God, you know, any way you can use me. Uh, and uh, so when people ask me, like, when did you know God's call in your life? I'm like, well, I don't really know. I volunteered. Uh, and, uh, and so there's that. And, and by the way, it's so much easier, I guess. I'll just use that word. Um, to serve in the Lord's army um, when you want to be in it. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, if you're like, Ma, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really want that. That's not for me. Uh, you know, you fight the battles. And by the way, uh, you can't rely on other people fighting your spiritual battles for you. Um, you've got to have, you know, young people here at church, maybe, um, you know, even when I think about it, we kid about, say, uh, your teenagers need to have a drug problem. And, and what that means is they need to be drugged to church, whether they like it or not. And there might be, there might be some of that tonight. Maybe a young person didn't want to even be in church tonight. Um, at some point, young people, old people, you have to have your own faith. You can't rely on the faith of other people. It's not going to, you know, conviction. Well, it's not, if it's not your conviction, you're not going to keep it. Uh, if, it's, if it's not what you're about, when, when, when the opportunity comes and the pressure is not on there, uh, or on you from a pastor or a friend or a parent or uh, another brother or sister in Christ, when, uh, then um, what will happen? Where will you go? Uh, evidence of that was the pandemic. The, the minute a lot of Christians had an out, they got out. And, um, and, and a lot of good Christians that, still, that love the Lord and are serving God don't even say anything to them. They just like, whatever, that's, they do, you do you, I'll do me. Um, and that's not God's, God's like provoke, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, tell them uh, and warn them, come alongside them, pray, whatever. Uh, but if you've got a, a Christian brother or sister in Christ who is apostate right now, um, 
by the way, the, the longer they are and the more you don't say about it and hang out with them and have your picnics and you know, whatever and, and, and don't call them on it, um, the harder it's going to become to do so. And, and, and they're relying on that, by the way. Um, you not saying anything. And the reason they, in their mind, the reason they hang around you is because you're the, you're the Christian, the Bible believer, who just loves them despite their decisions and don't say anything. And, uh, and so you'll see how your friendship uh, goes when you're like, hey, time out. <laughs> you're not right with the Lord. You need to get right with the Lord. Uh, maybe you won't get the invite to the picnic uh, or hanging out or whatever it is that, that people are doing. We've got to, it is, it is end time and it is war uh, and, uh, and it's spiritual warfare and it's principalities and it's powers and it's the armor of God, defensive, offensive, uh, and, it is, and it is full on. Uh, and, um, and for us to just kind of walk daisily through life, not engaging, uh, is um, that's super dangerous for you. Uh, and um, you got to have your head on a swivel. That's the whole walking circumspectly. Because your adversary is uh, sorry, like a roaring lion, and uh, and so that's it's it's like it's like um, Nehemiah or the people on the wall. It's like they've got a trowel in one hand and a sword in another. It's like we're 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 doing the spiritual things, but uh, but I've got this weapon, and uh, we should be we should be um, doing the work of God and building His work for what we would do in building His work at the same time with the sword ready to fight anybody. Uh, that would fight against it, and uh, somehow we think, well, that's not Christian, uh, and um, and it's just uh, not true. Uh, so, put on the armor of God uh, and your defensive armor, uh, and then grab uh, the sword of the Spirit. Pray, um, walk in the Spirit, have some steadfastness about you, serving the Lord, supporting one another, uh, and if if we can do that, um, we're going to fare well. Uh, in this battle. Let's all stand uh, tonight, and uh, we talked about the defensive weapons, now the offensive weapons, uh, but the bottom line of all the preaching today is just simply acknowledging that we're in a battle, uh, and, then, uh, and then getting with it. You might as well just get with it, uh, and, uh, because, because you're on the front lines. Uh, so uh, gear up uh, and grab your Bible uh, and start fighting uh, because um, um, it's not that the Lord needs us. God doesn't need us in the sense of we think of need, uh, but he has called us uh, and separated us uh, and uh, has commissioned us uh, and uh, equipped us uh, to do this very thing. Uh, and uh, he's given us everything we need uh, to, uh, to live and to fight uh, this spiritual battle in our lives. And you just acknowledge that. Uh, and commit to the Lord uh, that you're going to be engaged in it. As the panel begins to play tonight, if God has spoken to your heart, uh, just spend some time with Him. You know, uh, sometimes we can, we can be all defense and no offense. We can be all offense and no defense. Um, when you ask any coach, you know, um, what, wins, what wins the game, offense or defense? Um, and you'll get all kinds of answers, but it's both. Uh, it's both. It's both. 